Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jig Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Friday. You made it. The weekend is here. Hopefully everybody has uh, big time plans or not, actually. I hope uh, those folks out there maybe need some decompressing from the holidays. Maybe maybe you get that this weekend, right? Maybe you can just kick back, relax, watch some NFL football. Sounds good, doesn't it? See if the Vikings pull it out. Yeah, kick back and relax. That's the part I liked. Uh, Gordon, okay, I came across the list today at thebiglead.com that uh, ranked the top 10 centers in the NBA. Currently? And, uh, currently, and I'm assuming you haven't seen this, so I thought it, it might be fun to go through and see if uh, if your top, you know, what, what do you want to do, top three, top five would match what the big lead did okay. here and, and where you would have Rudy. All right. So who would you say right now is the best center who's numero uno in the NBA? Well, okay, how are we defining this? Uh, Anthony Davis, not a center. Okay. Um, I'll go through to that. You'd go, have Rudy go, go number one crowd. Why not? Okay, two. Oh, I don't know. Um, see, I think Anthony Davis is a center. Well, it, it's not on this list that I'm currently looking at. So get over that. Who? Who else? Um, uh, is Porzingis on it? No. But the one, the one that okay. So here, let me go through this, and then we can debate the the validity right. of this. Because so this list doesn't have Rudy number one. Has Nikola Jok- uh, Jokic oh, number one? Which but, of course you were just. But is Jokic really? Is yes, he in, he's a center. Is he more center than Anthony Davis is? Yes, because he starts at center where Anthony Davis <laughs> does not. And Anthony Davis never plays a five. I know. But. Uh, Joel Embiid two on this list. Okay. Yeah. Rudy three. That's well. Okay. Uh, Number four, Nikola Vucevic of Orlando. Bam Adebayo of Miami, number five. Andre Drummond, six. DeMontis Sabonis, seven. Montrez Harrell, eight. Clint Capella, nine. And Steven Adams, ten on this particular list. Mm. But but the thing with Rudy, I Rudy at three, I'm... That's as low as I'd be willing to debate. But you definitely... the Jokic, Embiid, and Rudy, there's your three. And I think you could probably make an argument for any sort of order with the three. Rudy, the, the best defensive player on there. Embiid, the best all-around player. Jokic is the best player on the best team. Let me ask you the question this way. If you had a very talented starting lineup, which one of those centers would you pick then? And would it make a difference? But by talented, like... So offensively talented. No, but do I have a a score? Do I need them to be my number one score? Because because Jokic is is a fine score, but his what makes him unique is his ability to play the all around game. He plays kind of the point center. 
So if I don't have anybody, yeah. if if I need him to be my number one scorer, I'm not taking Jokic. I'm taking Embiid. That's why I say. I mean, if you have a talented do team, I have a, Rudy Gobert might be your best bet. Do I have a great point guard? Do I have somebody who can create for Rudy? Because that's a problem if if you don't. Because so, Rudy can't create his own offense where Jokic and Embiid both can. So then you answer your question by who's the best center. You have to ask who's the best center for your given team. I don't trust Embiid. He doesn't play hard all the time, which is interesting. I don't trust him. Uh, I understand the talent. I get it. But what about the attitude? Yeah. I think he is iffy but in see, that regard. If I'm Philadelphia, I'd probably rather have Embiid than Rudy because they really need Embiid's offense. Because yeah, Harris is because Harris is really good, but he's not a number one offensive uh, option. We know about Ben Simmons. Whereas Rudy's playing with Donovan, so Rudy doesn't need to be a number one scorer. Who do you think is the biggest difference maker of those three? All things considered. Embiid, because he's the best all around. But as you as you say, the drawbacks to Embiid are, are not good. Injury issues, and, and I'm knocking on wood for his sake because sure. he's been fairly, fairly uh, the, the finger aside, he's been fairly healthy. Um, and and you're right. Sometimes, like uh, the the both times they've played against the Jazz, Embiid just stands out there and shoots because he didn't want any part of Rudy. You know, so if, if Embiid at a hundred percent playing at his hardest, I take Embiid because he's the best all around player out of them. Jokic's defense is terrible, and we don't criticize him enough for right. that. He's a fun player to watch. Uh, he's gifted, but for for I, I, for the Jazz. I'm not sure I would take either one of those players over Rudy. I don't know. I'm I'm, ta- I'm thinking out loud here. Oh, I think I think Quinn Snyder could do a lot with Joel Embiid. Do you? Yeah, I do. And and okay, listen, and Embiid's yeah. not as good a defender as Rudy, 100. I, but he's not. But he's he's not bad. Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. He's one of the better defensive bigs in the league, if not second behind Rudy. So that's that's what well, but that's what makes him so valuable. You know what was interesting about this, and maybe he's not counting him as a center, but Carl Anthony Towns wasn't on his list. All the way down through how many? Ten. Wow. Well, who was tenth? Uh, Stephen Adams. And who's in front of him? Clint Capella at nine. Montrez Harrell at eight. Demontis Sabonis at seven. Andre Drummond at six. Bam Adebayo at five. Uh, Nikola Vucevic at four. So he must uh, not be counting uh, Cat as a center. But I don't know how that's possible. Uh, I mean, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns is certainly a center. I would have him probably sixth on that list, maybe. I'd have him fourth, probably. Fourth. Well, I, I really like Vucevic in Orlando. He's really good, but I don't think he's better than Carl Anthony Towns. Hmm. Do you? No, probably not. Bam Adebayo right. is a really exciting young player, but I don't think he's better right now than Carl Anthony Towns. You know what I like about Bam, though, is he's also a two-way player. Yeah. Yeah, I like two-way guys. I Although, do, too. See, but I think Rudy plays offense, too. Rudy is a two-way guy. I, uh, Rudy absolutely is not as one-dimensional, certainly, as he used to be. 
Uh, the he right works of, hard at that end. And think about all the screen assists he gets. Well, he, he yeah. scores 15 points a game. I mean, that's yeah. you score 15 points a game on an NBA roster. I mean, you're you're certainly a defensive weapon. And he does it. He only takes 8.4 shots per game. So that's I mean, the efficiency in which Rudy plays offense is certainly certainly to be considered. Those questions are always mind blowing to me from a from a standpoint of when you take everything into consideration. Uh, it's it's hard sometimes. It's easy to just pop a uh, pop off a name uh, on a list, but when you consider everything and everything how it applies to your particular team, there it could change it. Yeah, the the thing. See, Embiid should be running away with this discussion, and the fact that he doesn't, I think, tells you what you need to know if about Embiid. Embiid had Rudy Gobert's mindset. Think about how good he would be. Maybe the best big of all time. I mean, think about Embiid. He can do everything. Mm. He's a good passer. He can shoot. He can shoot from distance. His footwork is amazing. He's good in the post. I mean, he could pick and pop. He can pick and roll. He can play defense. He's he's huge. He could be the MVP of the league. Absolutely. But why he isn't is like, you know. Of scary, yeah. Why he isn't is scary. Like, does he ever put it together, or doesn't he? You know, we've yeah. we've seen players that have been unique athletically that just never put it together. Okay, so let's tweak the question a little more. If you had to have this player for the next ten years, which one would you pick? Well, all three—that's a long commitment. Well, all three are young, though. So, I just don't know if I'd want to build a franchise. Around Embiid because I'm not sure I trust him. But I'd love to build the franchise around the concept of Embiid. Yeah, it's just like before, before Demarcus Cousins went through all the injury stuff, right? When he was still that unique player who could do it all, not unlike Embiid. You know, you had to ask, like, okay, I mean, you, the player, yeah, I want to build around the player, but what's wrong with the player is really alarming, right? I so, would put it Embiid ahead of of uh, Boogie. I, I, because attitudinally. Oh no, I agree. I, I'm just that. That's the comparison because you see, you see the potential. Like, you know, he's the. If you break it all down, Embiid, you could make an argument is the perfect basketball player. He's huge. He is huge. Look at Rudy stand next to Joel Embiid, and you, you'll be shocked because Embiid is that big, and he can shoot, and he can pass. And he's so smooth. He's got. He looks like Akeem a little bit when he's playing offense because he's so smooth. I mean, but but why isn't he the best player in the league? Yeah. Okay, let me change it a little more. Which one would you most like to have as your teammate? Uh, well, which one's not going to call me out in the press? <laughs> Man, you just cannot exorcise that out of your mind, can you? That really stuck with you. Who's not going to trash, trash me to the watchdog <laughs> nine games in? Uh, um, I I would say I would I would take Rudy or Jokic as a teammate over over Embiid. Jokic probably makes you look better offensively, but Rudy probably make well definitely makes you look better defensively, right? I don't know how uh, the Nuggets are doing defensively this year. Have you uh, checked Here, that? Give me a second and I'll tell I you. I just wonder because, remember, people wondered about them because obviously they can score, but can they defend? And uh, that's kind of a, a big role for a center. 
Right now, according to Basketball Reference defensive rating, the Denver Nuggets, 12th, 107.4, which is not bad. Not bad. And probably a big part of the reason why they're as good as they are, number two in the in the Western Conference. And Mike Malone's always been kind of – he's had a defensive edge to him as a coach. I just wonder about the Nuggets because <laughs> if you ask Jazz fans which team in the West they're most afraid of, which quality team they're afraid of, I think the Nuggets would probably rank about fifth on that list. But yeah, the, that's because LeBron James isn't on that team and Kawhi Leonard isn't on that team. <laughs> and nobody wants – Anything to do with Kawhi or LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think they put the Rockets in front of them, too. Because the Jazz have had their tough luck with that team the last couple of years. Mm, yeah, but I don't know if the Westbrook thing is working. Well, they're still, what are they, 26 and 11 or something? Yeah, but James Harden is doing it single-handedly, so. Well, that's been a problem for the Jazz It in the has, past. yeah, it has. I don't know. I don't know. Those questions are always interesting, but certainly I'd like to have any one of those players. You know, the top three for sure. But I mean, you know, Denver Jokic, he's he's the star of that team. I mean, there's there's other talented players on Denver, but there's nobody, you know, you look, Jamal Murray's a nice player, averaging 17.7 points per game, but uh, I mean, that's Jokic's team, and they're in second, and they're really good. So that's got to tell you a lot about him. Yeah. I I and he's he's kind of a fun personality to have around. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's really like, but that's the way he portrays himself. All right, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We'll have more for you straight ahead. Don't forget, Jazz Game Night pregame show uh, starts at six o'clock. Getting you ready for the Jazz and the Hornets here at Vivint Smart Home Arena tonight. More next, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. Guess who's back? You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Welcome all back. Happy Friday to everybody listening out there. Gordo, I was uh, I was surprised that um, we got through your list without you mentioning uh, Kendrick Perkins. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, his uh, his spat online with uh, with Kevin Durant. Uh, and let me ask you this. Uh, do you... Uh, I guess do you agree with Kendrick that Russell Westbrook is the best uh, Thunder player of all time, and then do you think Kevin Durant is is way too sensitive? And then thirdly, do you agree with Kendrick Perkins, Perkins that uh, him going to Golden State, Kevin Durant going to Golden State, was the weakest move in NBA history? Uh, <laughs> so kind of a lot there to chew on. Yeah, I know. There Kendrick, is a lot. Kendrick was busy. Are you talking about? Are you waiting it uh, for the time that the player was in Oklahoma City? Well, this is obviously completely subjective, which me, which is what makes it so dumb, really. 
But but I, Kendrick I, said that about Russell Westbrook, and then there was some response, and Kevin Durant eventually got involved, and and uh, Kendrick Perkins took it far, called him a coward. But anyway, called it well, the weakest move in NBA history, and it, it spun out of control a little bit. But I, I if I were going to go by OKC, I would uh, Kevin Durant number one, and I think James Harden number two, and Russell Westbrook number three. See, that's the thing during their time there or what they turned out right. to be. Because Harden wasn't Harden in Oklahoma City. Well, he obviously. wasn't given the opportunity to be Harden. Eh, he was given plenty of opportunity. He, was, he played a big role on that team. He played not as big a role, obviously, but yeah. Well, I mean, nobody if you, if has played the role he's played now. Right. He has the biggest role in NBA history. I, I understand that. I understand that. But I think overall, if you're just going by quality of the player, that's the way I would rank him. Okay. But does Kevin Durant need to react the way he did? Well, I can't speak for he has to react the way he reacts, but he does seem sensitive. So is it the weakest move in NBA history? <laughs> it was it was fairly egregious. Yeah. See, I'm glad you say that because I, the the folks who defend Kevin Durant bug me. Like it, it was a weak move. Now you could say that that weak move paid off for him. I mean, he got the titles and he he accomplished what he was setting out to. So you know he can say scoreboard to everybody who criticizes him. But the the truth is, his his current team wasn't good enough to get it done. So he needed to join uh, uh, somebody who just won 73 games. That's, right. a, that's a total weak move. It's preferable, obviously, to do what Rudy Gobert always talked about and build where you are. You or know? Damian Lillard, who we've heard say yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the, the better way. But I'm not him. Uh, so, I, you know, he, he chose to go that way. There were a whole lot of players who could have done what he did and win a title. So it was kind of beneath his talent. That's what I always the the arguments with that. I mean, you you can argue that that it was a good move for him. It probably was, but but don't act like he wasn't jumping on the gravy train because that's exactly what he did. Yeah, that's hard to argue with, Jake, and it's hard to defend. And I I think uh, if you took a poll of fans around the NBA, I, I, even though the the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant were kind of like a traveling rock show, much the way uh, Jordan's Bulls were. Uh, I, I don't think the fans liked it at all. Uh, I think they saw it for what it was, was exactly what you just described. Which is what made Golden State. They were great villains there for a minute because they always won, and it was unfair. And See, I think they were fair-haired boys there for a little while. Everybody loved them. Not, and then they added Durant. Yeah, and then they people thought, okay, that's that's weak. And, you know, all that stuff, like the reason he left and, and Draymond Green, you know, going after him last year and talking about how they did, we did this without you and yeah. all that sort of thing. Like, it's kind of true. <laughs> Stop me when I'm not telling the truth. It's kind of true. Yeah. And then and then Durant holds on to that and then leaves and he was never coming back See, because people were mean. Kevin Durant, for the early part of his career, I think he was a very popular player and people thought that he was kind of a good guy. And once he made that move, the wheels started spinning off in that regard. And I'm not sure he's ever recovered from it. See, that's the thing, like LeBron learned that lesson too. If you're going if you're going to leave and join somebody else and form a super team, it's not going to be popular. You're right. not going to be able to be the good guy anymore. So which would you rather, if you had to pick one or the other, would you rather have a title and people see you as weak and cheap, or would you rather 
not have that title, at least not like that, and be wildly popular? Mm, because, like, John and Carl don't have titles, right? But they're absolutely legends around here. Uh huh. I mean, they have statues right out front. <laughs> right there. Right. Whereas you, we've seen other folks move around and, and win those titles with teams that they're not necessarily the, the cornerstones of the franchise, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you, Kevin Durant, but there are probably some other examples out there that we could, uh, we could think of if we tried. So I'd probably rather be the legend in the franchise. Without the title. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's a personal choice. Different people would answer it differently. But when I think of the way Kevin Durant is regarded now versus what he was four or five years ago, I'd rather be him then. Like, what if Kevin Garnett stayed in Minnesota and got them to the finals? Like, I, w- I wonder if he looks back in the rearview mirror and says, oh, okay, I did get a title in Boston. But where does, where does Kevin Garnett fall in the, the lore of Celtics history? Right, but you maybe know? Garnett also felt as though it, a real legitimate shot at a title was not going to come to him in Minnesota, which is what he thought. That was, they dev- had the that be- was, that was devastating for that. They had the best out. record in the, in the West one year when uh, Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell were there with Kevin Garnett in Minnesota. And then they choked in the playoffs. Yeah. I To this day, I think that Kevin Garnett may be the most impressive-looking basketball player I've ever seen in person. Huge, fake, tough guy. I'm not even talking about that part of it. I'm just talking about the way he looked. His body was made for basketball. I mean, it was otherworldly. But... Anyway, he left. I, I, I would rather stay and, uh, and uh, keep my reputation intact than Kevin Durant. Okay, you got your title here. But well, who else has titles? Well, Carl and John, are, I mean, they're still financially benefiting from, you know, being the cornerstones of this jazz franchise. I mean, they both have car dealerships that appear to be thriving. Yeah. That's nice. Does Kevin Durant need more money? Well, we could all use some more money. You know, because, Jake, it's all about the ring. Yeah, I don't know. See, Kevin Durant, wants if he wants to go down as one of the best players of all time, which I suppose he would have the ability to do so, he probably needed the rings. Although Carl and John are considered some of the best that have ever done it, and they didn't have it. You know, Charles Barkley didn't get a ring. Question for you. If Donovan Mitchell plays his entire career here in Utah, will they have to add his statue out there? Mm, yeah, I mean, I mean, probably if he continues on this trajectory. I just wonder popularity-wise, since that's what we were talking about. Could yeah, he I, end up being the most popular jazz player of all time? If he takes this franchise on a bunch of deep runs in the playoffs and is the is an all star the whole time, you know, all star level while doing it, yeah. Or what sure. if he doesn't win a championship? Yeah, I I think so. Hmm. Could he eclipse the purest of them all as the most popular player in jazz history? Yeah, he could. He, he that's I don't know if he will. I mean, but yeah, he could. Sure. One, he would have to stay here, and two. It might take a title. He'd have to win a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. At very least, a bunch of deep runs in the playoffs. 
So what do you do? Do you uh, do you also, if they do, if the Jazz do win a championship, would you build a statue for Donovan and Rudy? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a, a fictional event. Did did Rudy miss clutch free throws in the final series? <laughs> you know, I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes, folks. Check back with <laughs> We'll let you know. <laughs> Should we uh, contact everybody, the powers that be around here, and say, I think it's time for a statue? No, I think that would be premature. <laughs> I, I agree. All right, we'll get into more coming up next. In fact, we'll wrap up the big show coming up next. Get you ready for Jazz Game Night pregame show. The Jazz and the Hornets here at Vivint Smart Home Arena tonight on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, 97.5-1280, The Zone, Jazz Game Night pregame show. Kicks off top of the 6 o'clock hour. Coach Chiesa along for the ride tonight. Jazz taking on Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets. Can I hit you with uh, with something really random real sure. quick here? Because usually it's you doing this to me. That's true. But uh, is there a – what reality show would you go on if you could? I don't even watch reality TV, so do you, do you know some of them though? Like, would you be good on Survi- heard like Survivor? I don't think I would want to run around in a grass skirt for uh, you know uh, what? How long do they go? You, you'd seem. Would you be good at Naked and Afraid? <laughs> if you give me a pair of shoes. I probably could do that. Do you? Uh, so the I don't really. I'm not into reality TV either. But my wife really likes the 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 business reality TV shows. Have you seen any of those? Like, like the. Uh, what's the one called with uh, Marcus Lemonis, uh, the camping world guy? Where The Prophet. It's called The Prophet. Oh, I've never seen it. And he invests in these s- struggling small businesses, and it shows you how he turns them around and those sorts of things. Fairly interesting. But, but what's one, the one that Trump used to be on? <clears throat> the Apprentice. I don't think is, that's around anymore. Is that is that a reality show? No, the Arnold what Shark Tank. Is that what's that? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the kind of like my wife likes those types. But but one we like. Is Bar Rescue? Have you ever seen Bar nope. Rescue? I think this would be, this would be the one I would go on. And what is it? So it's basically uh, the, these struggling bars that are going out of business. They call this dude John Taffer, who's a hospitality uh, advisor or consultant or whatever, and he and he basically comes in and just yells at all the staff and humiliates everyone, and then they renovate the bar and he teaches them how to pour a drink properly, and then they all hug at the end. <laughs> But, but it's it's hilarious to watch this guy just yell at all these people. And it's actually fairly interesting, the thought he puts into how to run a successful, you know, you could apply it to restaurants or whatever. But it, it, it's pretty good. Anyway, the season seven premieres March 1st, and he's, um, he's uh, rescuing um, Marshawn Lynch's bar. Oh, is he? Which, like, how could how – could, Marshawn Lynch has tons of money. How could his bar need rescuing, right? I, someone's not running it right. But anyway, he's Marshawn Lynch. I guess is is he's just one of those unique dudes. Where are you at on on him and his act? He loves Skittles. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, remember I, all I, that? I don't, I don't like necessarily the attitude, but uh, what a great player he was in his prime. I just love it that he's going on bar rescue. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what show I'd be good at? Uh, actually, starring in the show. Oh, starring, of course. Yeah, would well. be one of those, one of those uh, home renovation shows. You would be good starring in one of those? No, 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 you would not. I'd come in, I could knock out walls and rebuild stuff. Or nap while Lisa did it. <laughs> I could be pretty good at that. I don't. I don't at all. Not one, not not in the slightest. Probably not. All right. How do you, uh, what are you going to- Yeah, gonna... let me tell you a quick story. Okay. About- uh... <laughs> Oh, Gordy just handed me a piece of paper that says Jersey Shore. You uh, you are a Jersey Shore guy. That's true. <laughs> Nailed it, Coach. Nailed it right on the head. Uh, yeah. I, in 1989, I I was uh, working in Los Angeles at the time, and I talked to this Hollywood expert, and I and I was talking about the next decade, what was going to be the next big thing, and you know what they said? They said reality TV shows. Go invest in one now, and you'll make a lot of money. Did I listen? No. Should I have listened? Yes. Back before it all happened. American Idol, brought to you by Gordon Monson. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, That those kinds of shows. I mean, what's the one guy who was on, on, the, uh, on that show who made so much money? What's his name? How am I supposed to know who you're talking about? What's the one guy the who was on that one from, show who the made guy, that the guy mo- with the so British much accent. money? Come on. The guy with the British accent. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere? <laughs> the guy the guy who's the judge. Piers Morgan. Oh, the guy at the end, the last guy, the third guy. Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Yeah. What about him? He made a ton of money. And? I mean, who is Simon Cowell? He was a music industry exec in uh, I know, but the United Kingdom. He he flourished. Well, I think he was probably flourishing before he. If you if you had to appear on America's Got Talent or one of those shows like that, what would your talent be? I don't have any. <laughs> you're, you're bankrupt. Yeah, I got nothing. If you had to, you had to come up with something. I got nothing. You, a comedian? No, obviously not. <laughs> Unlike you, I know I'm not funny. <laughs> what would your talent be? Um, I could play the kazoo. <laughs> I could read poetry. No, you couldn't. No. I don't know. I think you and I would be sunk in that regard. Yeah, we'd be in deep trouble. But there are there is a whole lot of talent like that in the state of Utah within our uh, area here. Uh, I tell you, we could probably fill up all those shows. Okay. We had, remember back and? in the days when we had the zone, the zone squad or whatever we called them? The zone squad? No, I don't remember. <laughs> what are you talking about? We had, we had a woman who was on that, the, I think we called them the zone girls at the time. We did. And she was, she was a contestant on one of those shows. And so on our show once, we had her sing. She was darn good. Really good. She advanced a few rounds and then got eliminated. I forget I forget her name now. I I should remember. But. She really made an impact on you, did she? <laughs> anyway, yeah, we actually had uh, 
the song that she sang, one of the songs he performed on the show. We had a, a zone girl who did uh, the the zone girl thing was her side gig and her main job was she was a parole officer, which I was oh, thought yeah. was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to mess with, uh, mess around with her. She would. Uh, no, she was awesome. Cuff you. <laughs> yeah, she, it was she. She was full of great stories. She had a lot of experiences yeah. that were interesting. Uh, all right, Gordon, give you me. You know what I remember about her? One of the things I remember about her, she drove a Chrysler 300. Why do I know that? I don't know, but I do. <laughs> All right, let me. This is this is what Jake. See, is why thinking. do you need to Hold say on. that? Jake is about to say, "That's almost interesting." <laughs> Thank you for adding that. We're, our lives are so much more rich and fulfilled. Uh, give me That's a, not what this show is about. Give me a couple life of enrichment. It is too. Well, I oh, hope I we're know. enriching everyone's life. Uh, give me a couple of things you uh, that's catching your eye tonight. I, what are I, some I, of the storylines you're looking at? Anytime the Jazz are playing these kinds of opponents, to me, it's all about the Jazz. Will they continue to do what they've done in the past? Move the ball offensively. Will they continue to get the kind of contributions off the bench that we've seen coming on? I love that stuff. I love to see a Jordan Clarkson come in. I love to see an, uh, a player get better as time goes by like Moutier has. Uh, that's just fun to watch. It's action. It's 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 something different. And then if the game is close, will we see the Jazz closers, namely uh, Donovan Mitchell and Bogdanovich, do their thing in that regard? Do we have any update on when Mike Conley is supposed to be back? No, they've been pretty certain, pretty tight-lipped about it. Because that's going to add a whole new interesting. Uh, a chapter to this uh, jazz story this year, because how is he? How will he be reintegrated uh, into what's going on, and what effect will he have? Because I kind of agree with what Howard Beck said earlier in the show that he, this team needs him to be Mike Conley, and if they get him to be Mike Conley again, now the Jazz is going to have three closers. They could be really good. Yeah. They could be really, really good. If it all comes together the way we kind of think it has the potential to do. All right, uh, Gordo, we've got uh, well another Gordon stepping in uh, coming up next. Coach Chiesa going to be in Jazz Game Night pregame show starting at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. But I, I could not let you go without asking you this, uh, and I'll explain why, because we don't usually do this. But Who are the Packers going to play this weekend? What are you going to do this weekend? And I ask you this because Lisa is out of town. She is. And and you have some Gordon time. I do. And I, I want to know what you're going to do to well, fill up said Gordon time. The number one thing is I'm going to work. Uh, number two, watch some football. Mm-hmm. Number three, probably, uh, you know, go out and help rebuild the deck. Maybe install no, no, the, you install the new grill that I, I bought. You hired that out, too. <laughs> Do some handyman work around the house. You always hi- hire that out. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I just let me, a couple of things, all right? Do some cooking. Uh, remember to feed yourself, please. <laughs> okay. Please remember yeah, to- Let me write this to, down. All to, right, to, I, please I, remember to eat. Okay, what um, else? I, I think you should change your clothes at least once. <laughs> that I'll do. At least once. I think- at least one shower would would be good. Off to a slow start there. At least one. I mean, I'm not saying you have to shower every day, but but at least one shower this weekend while Lisa's gone. I showered yesterday. And and how about this? Here's here's some advice. You know, 
Make sure, make sure the house is looking nice when she gets oh, home. Oh, that that will that you don't need to say that. I do. That will definitely I do be though, because no, you, no, you, you don't. think that your house magically cleans itself. No, I and, don't. I am very clean, and uh, I have a couple of the, my daughters will be uh, at the house, and uh, I will make sure that it, it's cleaned, and not because of their contributions, although that will be strongly encouraged. And just don't open the freezer because you can't call Lisa to come home and shut it because she's a couple of states away. So Wait just, just don't open the you're freezer. You're batching it, too. What are you doing? Oh, no, she's back. Oh, she is? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that lasted all of one night. Maybe should I do what you said you were going to do yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Often. I'll find, I'll find something. Something worthwhile. Just to eat. And yeah. d- and but I will watch a lot of sports. And don't open the freezer. <laughs> okay. Don't do it. Okay. And well, the freezer is kind of, it's got a little hiccup. And have Taylor way tell you it. where the bread is. I know where the bread is. All right. Jazz Game Night Free Game Show <laughs> coming up next. That was 40 years ago, okay? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.